Hi, I'm Xander. And I'm Kim. And this is Geek Primecast, the official podcast of Geek Prime. Marvel brought the heat at this year's San Diego Comic-Con, announcing a whopping eight new titles for both the big screen and the small screen through their Disney Plus streaming service. We're pretty big fans of Marvel here at Geek Prime, but we're also pretty big DC fans too, so naturally this brought up the question, what's going on with DC and how can they do better? So we asked you, the fans, to weigh in, and here's what you said. So it's not a controversial thing to say that DC has not been doing great with its movies. Yep. Uh, it's had, what, two movies that people have really universally said were good? So Wonder Woman Wonder and Aquaman? Woman. Yeah, yeah, and Aquaman, I think people tolerate. You just can't hate Jason Momoa. That's true. Yeah, there, yeah. Were, there were a couple issues with, with Aquaman, but Jason Momoa was just was a great Arthur Curry. But we wanted to see what you guys thought about how DC could do better. And one that really popped out to me was something that Outlaw Fisher on Instagram was the first one to bring up, saying they need to expand the universe for people like Suicide Squad, and other people chimed in saying, get some new characters, get your B, C, and D squads in there, and I very much am a fan of that. I've always wanted to see a Booster Gold movie. I love Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. They're the kind of goofy characters from... Justice League International from the early 90s. They had a bit of a revival in the mid-2000s with Infinite Crisis and right after, Booster Gold finally got his own line. But I think there's a lot there that DC could do in terms of bringing some more humor to the to the DCEU. Well, yeah, think of like um, Shazam, well, also known as Captain Marvel, but think of how well that, that did. And that was, it was light, it was humorous, and that's what people expect from, from superheroes. No yeah. One's, no one's really watching superhero movies for that darkness. They're, they're yeah, watching there, it as there's always going to be a subset you know? that you know have that you know they just want the dark, the gritty, and there's a place for that, and you can do that while at the same time having humor about it. Yeah, I think you know what DC is fighting against is the the fact that their characters are so iconic, and anybody that tries to step into those shoes, any actor that tries to step into those shoes, any director that decides to tackle those storylines. I mean, that's it's a huge, huge responsibility, and it's going to be judged with a very, very critical eye. So I think you're right, um, Outlaw Fisher. I, I think that they need to focus on their B-string. It's really funny, though, that you brought up Suicide Squad as having a lot of success. I would say it, it, it was, um, people were torn about that. I was, I was anti-Suicide Squad. Um, I think, yeah. I think, I think that movie could have done well. I think it just, they... I keep saying they had the wrong villain. They had the wrong villain, the wrong storyline to go through. If you're, you're going to come out the gate with a B-string of misfits, they're already bad guys, you know? it's mm-hmm. like you, you need to give the audience someone to cheer for. So That's I why. think, yeah, yeah, Justice League International could have been a good... Could have been a good choice. Teen Titans, I think everyone loves the Teen Titans. Yeah, I think the... And, and this goes to something we're going to talk about in a minute, but I think the build-up is what was really needed in in the DC universe. So there's, uh, my name is Shy, but I'm not shy. So let's get some better plots, get some new characters. There's a, be nice to Dick Grayson. This is interesting. So someone whose Instagram handle is Kinto Truck. 
I, I believe this person's name is Maul Jones, has a couple a couple interesting uh, points in their in their comment. So uh, actually pushing and showing lesser known characters, which what which is what we talked about. Um, formerly popular characters again, um, but they go into more specific. So less Batman, which I I actually agree with. I don't I don't think I think a a Batman is a one in a million. There's one good Batman every other generation. Plus, and you get I, really wrapped up in, you know, who's the best Batman? Are you better than Christian Bale? Yeah. Are you better than Michael Keaton? You know. I think let's call Christian Bale um, this generation's Batman. Let's move on. We're not going to find another one. There's there's nobody. I think Michael right, Keaton will always be my Batman. Still, like, uh, there's there's some really good Batmen. Um, that are out there, and I don't think we have an, an up and comer right now that that can contend with those guys. So let's let's give it a rest. Let's wait for him to come around. He's probably like twelve right now. So let's let's give it a let's give it a little bit. Um, but a little Superman, interesting, and a lot more Wonder Woman. So it seems to be sort of universal that that we agree that Wonder Woman is the the saving grace of the DC franchise. Her movie was really good. I mean. With Patty Jenkins uh, still doing it and Gal still playing the role, I don't see how 1984 could not meet expectations. Yeah, so, there's a lot of hype. Um, be nice to Dick Grayson, I think, is an interesting. Now, I'm a night, I'm a Nightwing fan, so yeah, I, you, I, I gravitated to that comment um, very much. So, um, be nice to Dick Grayson. I don't know what that means. He hasn't really been represented. I think that's what it means. Is they want to see want to see more Dick Grayson more than just in uh, in, in Titans. Titans? Yeah, okay. I'm I'm all for I it. Mean, yes. I mean, if we're going down that road, I am a huge Jason Todd fan. Killed by the Joker, brought back to life by Superboy Prime, and uh, but remember, and became a a bad guy than an antihero. The the lesson that we're learning here is like let's be a little less dark. Not oh as, yeah, yeah. Well, not as dark well, storylines are. In doing terms really of like, well in terms DC. of like, uh, I don't, I don't mean like, like, have like the darkness, but he's the punk rock Robin, is what I should have said. Okay, fair. He's whereas Dick Grayson is very much the the Superman Robin, and then Tim Drake is more the the detectivey Robin. He deduces Batman's identity, and that's how he becomes Robin. But Jason is the the punk rock. Robin and I, I very much like that about him. I like, I like his evolution from Robin to the Red Hood. Yeah, but the point is, so we're, you know, we're talking about all these Robins and and we're talking. Oh about yeah, how we're still Batman... we're mired down in the whole Batman thing. But still, it's maybe it it is a focus on Robin again. Maybe they they do switch over to to showing more Titans, Teen Titans, um, and and things like that. That's kind of the whole gist of this whole conversation is is to focus on the not iconic characters and, and robin's a little iconic his association with batman is a little iconic but each of the individual robin storylines yeah um i think are are compelling they have the halo effect of batman but they're not batman and yeah. so this idea of bring forth your your b string they could um, do the connor kent storyline where um he was uh cadmus got some of superman's dna made a clone of him and that's Connor Kent, Superboy. Uh, they could really, they you know, and, that, and he was part of the Teen Titans uh, in the comics back in the day. I mean, that they could really like you know, uh, build up, build that up instead of uh, instead of trying to every couple of years reinvent the origins of all these superheroes. Maybe just have it where Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, they all exist, and we're following Connor Kent and Donna Troy and 
you know, Dick Grayson. Yeah. You know? Actually, um, that's a great time to bring up Pennyworth. It looks it looks interesting. I wish that, honestly, here's my, my take on it. I wish it was a movie and not um, a TV show. I wish it had the budgets of a movie. I wish it had the big names of a movie. I think um, showing Alfred Pennyworth's backstory is compelling. I think it's coming at a time where we're... Um, following the Kingsman, but we're still waiting for the next James Bond. But then, do you think it's a it's a movie series? Because how do you how do you tie up that storyline in just one movie? Because it's clearly a. I I think they made it a a series so that they could develop him and show like Alfred's development over over the years with Thomas Wayne. Because I feel like I understand what you're saying about making it a movie. I'm just I just don't know if if an hour and a half to two hours is going to give you enough to uh, to develop him enough and then give a satisfying resolution to and it that's the, not just, hey, here's Batman. And here, these are the decisions that the people who get paid to do this have to make. Is Very true. The problem is, is, okay, fine, if you think the story is best told through a serial that takes place over time and you need time to build these characters and, and whatnot... Um, do you think that the audience is going to stay with you? Do you? Are you going to hook the audience in from that first episode, and that they're going to stay with you throughout this long extended story? Are you going to? Are you going to bank on that, or do you think that you can properly execute it with a proper budget, with proper casting, with you know proper director, um, in two and a half hours maybe? That's so fair. that's the decision that they they get paid to make. I'm just a fan, but that's I I don't know. How well this is going to do? I think the concept itself is compelling. I think this idea of Alfred Pennyworth, this James Bond esque character um, that that we know as a supporting character to Batman, but he's kind of badass in his own right, is compelling. And it's exactly that B string story that DC needs to tell. But are they telling it right? Are they telling it in the right medium? Are they telling it, you know, with the right budgets? Are they telling it the right way? And that those are the those decisions that can make or break them. And those decisions are exactly, I think, what go into uh, the next topic we want to cover, which is has to do with uh, DC's overall plan and how they seem people think that they seem to be trying to just play catch up with Marvel. Yeah. So I think Nightfall Parker on Instagram nailed it. Um, named real name is Ambrose. Um, so as far as live action movies, they need to take their time and be more original and not just try to play catch up with Marvel. That's exact. Everyone was. Definitely saw that comment and was like, yes, we totally agree. Um, and then Noah Anderson um, and NR Anderson 58 goes into a little more detail. So he says they need to plan stuff out better. Batman v Superman happened way too fast, involved way too many characters for such an early movie in the DC universe. I agree. Wonder Woman should have come out first. I also agree. Uh, they need to look more at the big picture and not individual movies because it's messing up. It's messing them up big time. And I, I absolutely agree that I think one of the most frustrating things about being a DC fan is just... The lack of direction. Yeah, the lack of direction. That they seem to have. I mean, you know, watching the Marvel movies and, and even, you know, in preparation for Endgame, we rewatched the entire Infinity Saga. Yeah, the whole MCU. Yeah. And it was, it, was, it was quite a commitment, but it was... But man, there there was it was just was, we picked up on a bunch of stuff that we had missed in earlier viewings, and then just seeing everything instead of ten years apart, uh, seeing it all within a, a, what a month's time, um, really like 
I think really paid off Endgame that much more. Yeah, the foreshadowing and the callbacks really let you know as a fan that they have been planning this entire 11-year streak since day one. And that mm. that is the kind of respect that the DC characters that we know and love also deserve. Yeah, and not and not rushing into uh, connecting these stories too early. I mean, if you if you remember, I mean, um, from Iron Man to Thor, there that was several years before you saw any of these characters in the same frame together. Yeah. Before Avengers. But then, like um, in Batman v Superman, yeah, Wonder it, Woman it, shows up for five seconds, and, and it's like, we, hey guys, <laughs> it was our introduction to Batman. Superman had had one film. Yeah, Wonder Woman kind of just decides to get off her plane because she sees them fighting and it was it was very muddled uh it it tried to cram a bunch into into the story that just kind of just kind of messed with things and it, it was just it was great seeing them on screen together batman and superman for the first time but i think i think slowing the pace down a bit could have really been beneficial so our friend Dan DT Haynes Art on Instagram, um, whom we I think we met, and I, I might have bought a, a very large volume of art from. Um, <laughs> Full disclosure. <laughs> at at, at uh, FanX Salt Lake when we went, and if you haven't been to FanX Salt Lake, I highly recommend it. It's a really awesome Comic Con. Um, and Dan's art's really good. Yeah, so Dan's check art it out. Is awesome. We'll plug there. Yeah. So so Dan actually basically echoes every single thing you just said. Marvel's Phase 1 was so much more thought out. Each of the Big Four had an origin movie. And then DC just kind of lays out all sort of the dumpster fire that is DC. So they introduced Batman, Wonder Woman, Lex Luthor, Doomsday, trying to combine aspects of both Dark Knight Returns and Death of Superman. Yeah, that's that's you know that that's a really good point, is that they crammed... If you look at the storylines that they crammed into two hours... They crammed what is essentially an Elseworlds comic in Dark Knight Returns. They shoved the whole Doomsday Saga in there, which was just a huge thing in the mid-90s. That was uh, a huge like event that took you know, months and months to set up and then pay off. And that's two huge storylines. But then they also are introducing Wonder Woman, which is a big, uh, a very big one. And... And they're doing, and they're then they're doing Death of Superman at the very end instead of instead of us caring about it. You know, we've we've we just met Superman one movie ago. In this movie, he's just fighting Batman the whole movie until he dies, and then we know that he's going to come back. If you haven't seen Endgame at this point, it's what it was. It came out what two two months ago. I think at this point, I can I can say spoiler alert. Pause this. Go watch Endgame if you haven't. Um, spoiler alert over. This is a spoiler for Endgame. Tony Stark's death was a real big, like, it, it, it took 10 years. It yeah. took it took 20-some movies. So and this... we killed Superman in, like, you know, in four hours of, uh, of film. Yes. You know? So what Dan says should, DC should have done, which I 100% agree with you, Dan, Um a Superman movie, a Batman movie, a Wonder Woman movie, a Flash movie, which we still haven't gotten. We still were waiting and I'm, for. And I'm wondering if we're really ever going to get it. I don't think so. And an Aquaman movie. And then Cyborg can probably be introduced as a side character. And then once they're all established, um, combining them would have had a lot more weight. Yeah, which 
I understand that, you know, that's kind of formulaic with how Marvel did it, but they did it because it it's, works. yeah, it, it's, you've got to introduce these characters individually. You've got to give them, and I mean, that's my whole thing with, with Suicide Squad was that um, if you had had a standalone Batman movie, you could have introduced, um, you could have int- at least hinted at Killer Croc. You could have introduced Deadshot as a B villain. You could have introduced Harley Quinn. Uh, you, you could have done a lot of the legwork that, Suicide Squad had to do, but you could do it in a Batman movie, then give Deadshot his own movie, uh, make us care about him, then do Suicide, you know? So there's a lot they could have, a lot of prep work that needed to be done to make us care about it, rather than just say, this character's been around for almost eight decades, let's just throw them together right now, because you guys already know about them. Yeah, so, and then once these are all established, combining them would have had a lot more weight, says Dan, and they should have saved the death of Superman story and Batman v Superman stories for much later down the road when these events would have had more emotional impact. Let's switch gears for a little bit. Let's go to what we think DC is doing right. Unfortunately, there are not very many comments from you guys um, on on our social media about what DC is doing right. Um, We did hear Wonder Woman resounding sort of Mm -hmm. yes to Wonder Woman, and I'm super excited for 1984. I think um, they're doing such a good job. Patty Jenkins is is such a great advocate for Wonder Woman, for her own films and for herself and for... Yeah, absolutely. um, Yeah, so I think she's doing a great job. She's doing a great job with the teasing. She's being really engaged on social media Mm -hmm. and interacting with the fans. I don't know why DC's other creators aren't as hands-on as she is, and I don't know why the market... I think... So one interesting thing is, is marketing. People seem to bring it up a lot. But let's get to that later, because we're going to talk about what what we're, what DC is doing right. So Wonder Woman seems to be really good. Um, so we have Reed Barber 108 on Instagram um, talking about Shazam um, and how Shazam was really good. Also, uh, Reed Barber believes that Aquaman was also a really good film. Like, like we said before, it's... I, there were a couple of issues that I had with it, but I thought it was fun. I mean, Jace Momoa is a great Aquaman. Yeah. Um, I think he could carry just about any script. He really carried a lot of Justice League. Do you think that Aquaman would have worked without Jason Momoa as Aquaman? I don't think so. I think it would have been received much worse than, um, than you know, the, the retroactive criticism of Man of Steel. Yeah, Jason Momoa is just just real fun and real. Uh, he's he's a character. Uh, we got to meet him briefly uh, at at uh, Fanex Salt Lake, and he was he was a real cool guy, uh, and just you know had a lot of fun. His panel was a lot of fun. Uh, he was he was a very cool person, and I think that really that really carries a lot of the movie. Is people want to people need to like the actor to I think a lot of times to really want the movie and that's that's what it is i think a lot of you know i mean that's why people like iron man is because they like robert downey jr because he's a he he seems like a very fun guy all the actors honestly from the from the marvel universe they're so into their Mm -hmm. roles as as superheroes they are they it's it's they're they do so much self-marketing. Brie um, Larson's yeah. press tour went for Captain Marvel went viral because she kept like accidentally revealing things she wasn't supposed to reveal. I mean, very not not like Tom, Tom Holland. Holland. Yeah. I mean, Tom Holland just keeps revealing, you know, uh, future movies and plots and stuff like that. I mean, but Brie, yeah. I mean, they um, 
they were t- they were asking about um, about Stan Lee and cameos, and she was saying, "Oh, I'm sure he can. They can um, uh, get more of him because every time we change, Sam and I changed costumes. Uh, we, you know, they took like a thousand pictures from every angle of uh, of us of each of us in our costumes, so that they can do all this digital rendering. And and Sam Jackson was kind of like, you're, you're you're not supposed to talk about that. And you know, it's kind of like an oops moment, but it was really funny. No, yeah, I, I think um, what I what I love about the Marvel cast is that they seem to be fans of their characters as much as they are acting as them you know and i think you know when you look at the casting for dc i mean yeah you've got some amazing margot robbie can also do no wrong i mean for me suicide squad was all about just basking in in margot robbie's talent she's just she is probably the best real life incarnation of Harley Quinn that I have ever seen. I will definitively say that. Um and I you, having Ben Affleck, like independent of of Batman, Ben Affleck has had a storied career. He's a Hollywood yep. sort of, you know, A-lister. Um and and then you've got Jason And I Momoa. thought I did think his take on Batman worked if you're if you're a Frank Miller Batman. Like that's yeah. he was very much a like a Frank Miller Batman. And, um, and but honestly, it's... I don't see anybody other than Gal Gadot like really immersing themselves in their character. Oh like, yeah. For for me, it just seems like those. Well, her those... and Momoa. Momoa yeah, seems Momoa. to be really. Oh yeah, he, he. It's the two of them, and I and that's Gal Gadot why Gal Gadot and Jason Momoa are really carrying the franchise, carrying the movie franchise right now, and they're the only ones that have that enthusiasm. And, and, that, and Zachary and Levi why... as well. He was, yeah. He, yes. he was super. He into very much. When they were doing yeah. the, the but press and but that's why you hear in all these um, all this speculation online about DC rebooting its entire universe. That's why you hear that Wonder Woman and Aquaman are the only two that are going to keep their actors. I hope. And so, are we getting a Shazam too? I'm not sure. Are we? Uh, I hope we are. I you know what I I I have to check on that. I think uh, I think I think we might. But it's you know that's something that I mean it that's a really good story. But you. I feel like that really needs a supportive universe to really like thrive in. I don't know if, especially since like now, uh, okay, spoiler for Shazam if you haven't seen it. Now that the um, Marvel family, uh, in terms of like you know DC's Captain Marvel, the Shazam family has grown so much. You really need kind of like a cushion of of a universe for these characters to all push on, so that they're all not crowded into one movie. So. Well, what about the um, that standalone um, movie with The Rock? Was it Black Adam? Oh, Black Adam. Yeah. That one. So I'm excited for that one because I think Black Adam's a really, really cool character. I think he's really interesting. Um, uh, he, he's amazing in the comics. And DC's clearly going all in on it since he was originally supposed to be the main villain for Shazam. And they pulled black adam out of that movie because they wanted to give the rock a standalone black adam movie but i mean that one's still very much in development so i mean who knows if that is going to really come together i hope it does i think it's uh i think it's a really good as we were talking about earlier secondary characters for or lesser known characters for dc to to kind of pull from because they've got a huge universe they got a lot of characters i mean i mean i'm a huge fan of of the Adam Ray Palmer. I'm glad that he. That, I mean, I love that he's on Legends of Tomorrow. I think he he has a very interesting storyline that could be followed. Back to what DC is doing, right? I think 
we always underestimate and because it's on the small screen and because DC and Marvel are being judged largely by what they do on the big screen, the I think the Berlantiverse is one of the, you know, most amazing homages um, from DC to the fans. I think the Berlantiverse oh, yeah. is what we want the the DC movie universe to be. The, the characters, the continuity, the the humor that's in, mm -hmm. you know, all of the Greg Berlanti production. And, and Berlanti's just having a moment right now. He's producing everything. Um, mm -hmm. Everything that the kids like these days. Um, so he he's the master of the small screen. He like owns television right now. Uh, yeah. but like I mean but I mean you can tell more story than yeah. you can with a movie. But what they're um, doing by building up to to crisis right now with with arrow and flash and the I fact heard... that they've committed and that they're like like the, their tv properties are really like really laying groundwork for like their major events like the whole crisis on earth x was inc i never thought i'd see a crisis especially on a tv show but they did a great job crossing over i think uh, i mean when they brought the monitor in that is a huge thing for me because the monitor has been a big part of the DC universe since the eighties. Yeah, I think um, Flash the the Flash is one of the even though Arrow was the OG, Flash is like one of the best superhero properties. I oh think. yeah. In general And I, I mean think... you can you you like and they did it right with introducing Arrow and like ha letting that breathe and then introducing the Flash and even teasing the Flash by having, you know, Barry Allen show up on on Arrow. I yeah. mean, I thought that was... They they showed a lot of patience, a lot of restraint. They didn't want to, like, just jump right in. And they also have resisted a lot of low-hanging fruit um, from the comics in terms of uh, things that things that a lot of people, including me, would love, but it would be very hard to pull off, like bringing in Green Lantern. But that's, that's very low-hanging fruit that is very easy to grab, but also very easy to mess up. And they've been resisting that kind of stuff. And I... I I give them a lot of credit for that. The casting was amazing, actually. Like, you know, the if you look at what they've done in the Greg Berlanti verse versus what they've done in the in the movie, and and, and, yeah. and I totally understand that movie actors are different than than TV actors, and and yeah, movie stories are different from TV stories and all that. But you can tell. I mean, I mean, look at it this way: Marvel has told this story that similar to. Uh, like the expansiveness that DC's television properties are doing, and they've done it, and Marvel did it on the big screen. So it can be done on the big screen. It takes patience. You need to build it up. But I mean, I mean, when you do that build, that's when your movies hit a billion dollars every single time, and you know, hold like the top couple spots for uh, for all time movie revenues. Yeah. Like it's it's like like you need that kind of patience, and that's why. Shows like Arrow and The Flash and Legends and Supergirl are such big deals. Like they they take their time uh, and they they tell you this story that they tell the individual stories, but then they also like tie it into the bigger narrative. And also, I mean the the fact that they're wrapping up Arrow rather than just trying to like you know milk that cow forever. Oliver's reached his natural conclusion. I think Arrow's reached its natural conclusion. You, there's n not much more story you can tell without, you know, Star City descending into chaos. And so they're wrapping it up. And I think I think they've made very interesting choices over the over the last couple of years, but I think that they're I think that 
they're they're sending off Arrow instead of instead of being the superhero that hung around too long. They're he's getting to get sent off. That show is getting to get sent off as this this thing that spawned an entire universe yeah. and several other shows. Think about the last the last superhero hero TV shows that were really big. It was Smallville, The Adventures of Lois and Clark, they're all Superman related. Or, you know, uh, I mean there's the very short lived Birds of Prey, but it was all it was all A list heroes. And you take someone like the Green Arrow, who is sometimes campier, sometimes like I mean he's got a very like Robin Hoody look in the comic books. They were able to take him and they were able to make him a a really compelling character on yeah. TV. And they were able to adapt some Batman storylines without having the baggage of it being Batman. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, you know, the way that we just talked about the Berlantiverse and the way that, that you just described Arrow kind of it sums up really nicely what the theme is, mm-hmm. is. Is build these characters thoughtfully, build them slowly, have them come together at pivotal moments. Um, don't force things. Don't I mean, force things. Focus I mean, on your B-list. How, think you know? about how they didn't force Gotham into the Arrowverse. You know? Yeah. Like, they didn't... Like, it just would not have worked. Arrow really spawned a lot of stuff. And it shows that DC can do things methodically and deliberately. They just I, I, they just need to translate that to the big screen. I think, I think it might work to just kind of clear the slate let everything settle for a bit and try the movies again in a few years. I think that would be the best. And and really, like, look at the comics, look at where these characters came from, and figure out how you want to portray these characters. Like, what's your theory of Batman? What's your theory of Superman? It, you know, um, you know how like what is what are these characters' motivations? Who are they at their core? Because that will tell you what kind of movie they're going to be in. And that will show you also how fans are going to react. And now is a good time for a break. I mean, Marvel's taking a break as well. We're mm-hmm. not getting a new Marvel property until May of 2020 at the earliest with Black Widow. So now is a good time. Everybody's on a little bit of a superhero diet. We're all kind of exhausted after... Recovering from Endgame. Well, yeah, we're recovering from Endgame. So now is a good time for DC to to go back to the drawing board and take that mm-hmm. time and be thoughtful and, and, and relaunch. I mean, I know they have Wonder Woman coming up, which is super exciting. I think it's going to do well mm-hmm. regardless of what DC does. Just, you know, by the power of Gal and Patty mm-hmm. going out there and, and, and doing their thing. DC has already built in mechanisms and expectations for how to fix things. You just have... You can have a crisis and have it be on the big screen. Have it, have it be the beginning of of a movie crisis and you know have wonder woman and aquaman show up on this completely different earth with a completely you know completely different batman and superman and that and i mean but you need to intro characters i mean we've already done some legwork with aquaman and wonder woman but you know there's there's ways that that dc can fix this by retconning it just like they have with their comics for years, and it's it's gonna be it's gonna take a little bit. It's gonna take uh, and it's gonna take some patience, but they can do it. So I want to close on a topic that is near and dear to my heart, which is how DC promotes itself. 
Yes, and, several people brought up some very interesting points about about merchandising. So Mondo Mike the Fugitoid. Um, bring, Great name, by the way. Yeah. Mondo um, Mike. Mondo Mike the Fugitoid has brought up the fact that DC lost Four Horsemen Studios, so that kind of changed the quality of some of their uh, some of their toys. You in your other life do marketing, so I want to ask you about what you think about the power of merchandising. I mean, it's it's kind of like what people see when they're not watching the movies. Like they see the comic books, they see the toys. Yeah, I I think it's incredibly important that you know to have great merchandise out there. And I know it's something that gets underestimated a lot, but you think about we are fans and you think about fandom and you think about, you know, what are what can you do to get people talking and thinking about your content in between movies, in between major, you know, sort of major periods in in your content creation. And and it's the merchandise. It's people wearing your t-shirts. It's it's people drinking from your mugs. Marvel is super liberal with their licensing. Like so so many manufacturers make Marvel themed things. I mean, you can have an entire wardrobe of of Marvel shirts, tops, bottoms, workout gear, um, even formal wear. I'm, I'm uh, full disclosure. I'm wearing a Captain America uh, workout shirt right now. Exactly, actually. and it's, it's <laughs> and it's got an Under Armour logo on it. So Marvel is being incredibly liberal with their licensing and and letting the. So Under fan... Armour, if you'd like to sponsor our podcast, I'll I'll wear this every time. Yes, um, and letting the fans speak on behalf of them, and that is critical. That's critical, especially, and we were talking about this earlier, how, how a lot of DC talent isn't doing a great job um, advocating for DC and advocating for their characters and, and the movies that they're in. Um, and meanwhile, you know, Marvel is just, just blanketing the world in Marvel. Like, literally blanketing. I yeah. actually have a Doctor Strange blanket. <laughs> so... Uh, so so yeah, it's 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 and and yeah, it's gonna be a while before between Doctor Strange movies, but I still have that. It's still a talking point. We've had people over and and we you know busted out the Doctor Strange blanket. There's there's all this all this merchandise that sustains your franchise, that sustains your brand, and and I I think DC could could loosen the reins a little bit and and could do a little bit more outreach to some of these manufacturers and some of especially. You know, manufacturers that are known for for geeky apparel, geeky gear. DC has such great characters. They have such iconic characters. If you think about, you know, who we know now as the Avengers, prior to the Avengers, prior to 11 years ago... How many people were were talking about how much they liked Thor? Everybody would mention Batman. If you mention comic books, people would say Batman, Superman, Green Lantern. Yeah. But who was saying... Oh man, that guy Thor, he's a real big guy. Or or Black Widow or Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Hawkeye was a complete nobody. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's all of these characters, they weren't iconic. And and DC has that advantage. All their characters are iconic. They were iconic before Marvel, you know, started creating the MCU as we know it now. And they'll be iconic afterwards. They're you know, Batman, Superman, they they have such cultural weight, and to not maximize that and not sustain that conversation, and it also buys you time to do what we've been saying this whole podcast for you to do, is it, it buys you that time to sit back, 
think about the DC universe, map it out properly, wait for the right talent to come around to properly represent these characters for us, the fans. And remember, you're doing it all for the fans. I think what is so disappointing about DC is a lot of times people think, people speculate on what they think the head honchos at DC are doing because it's so transparent what they're doing because they're just acting like businessmen. Yeah. Um, whereas I think there's something about the way Disney Marvel operates that makes you feel like everything they do. And I'm talking beyond even Marvel. I, if you even look at Star Wars, completely different, you know. But the same approach is that it feels like everything they do, every movie they release, every piece of merchandise they release, every press tour, all the actors go on, it feels like a gift to the fans. Yeah. It feels like they do everything in service to the fans. Whereas DC feels like there's still this business and they're like, how do we make money? Yeah. And yeah, how do we shove three title characters into the second movie in this exactly. in this series that we're trying to do? Exactly. So shift shift your mindset a little bit. Remember that it's about the fans. They're the people that you're trying to sell tickets to. I need the folks at DC to go beyond trying to sell me a ticket. Sell me an entire lifestyle of, of whatever franchise. DC, you can't not you can't not do things in service to the fans and also have crappy characters and storylines. You can't have both. You don't you can't afford to have both. So at the very least, you know, well, buy yourself some time and 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 sustain the fandom. And and again, if go beyond just trying to sell sell me a ticket. You know, sell me an entire experience. Sell me something to care about more than, you know, so I'm not just sitting there critiquing your writing. Yeah. You know? I think that's a good place to to end it. To call it, yep. We had a lot of people sound off on our on our Instagram. You can still go over there, give your thoughts. Uh, there are a bunch of thoughts that we weren't able to get to if we didn't get to your your comments or or the thing that you pointed out. Uh, you know, we're sorry, but don't worry. There'll be there'll be more of these. This is a conversation we'll definitely be having for a while to come. You can reach out to us on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, Geek Prime X. Uh, you can check us out on Instagram, geek.prime. And if you like us, uh, give us a rating, recommend us to your friends, and as always, keep listening. So until next time, we'll see you later. Bye.